Hey, 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 welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg, and today's guest is a shooting star disguised as a human being named Leanne Rhymes Cibrian. Leanne is a singer, a songwriter, an actor, a candle maker. She's written a bunch of books. She's won a couple Grammys. She was like the most famous person in the world for a minute as a 14-year-old. She's been through a lot. She's lived a very unique life experience. And in this episode, we dive deep into all of those things. She is so open and honest and humble and vulnerable about her life and her past and her lessons learned. Uh, It was very impressive to hear her describe supremely traumatic events and how she's processed those and the lessons that she's taken away from them to live a more holistic and wholehearted existence. Lots of lessons in this one. She talks about her childhood. She talks about checking into a facility to get help for anxiety and depression after her 30th birthday. She talks about this autoimmune illness or disorder that she's had since she was a child, talks about hopes and dreams and all kinds of things. It's really good. Uh, She is such a powerful and impressive human. I loved this conversation a lot, and I really think that you are going to dig it. And you can check her out at all the usual spots. I've included links in the show notes. Without further ado, please wrap your ear bones around the voice of Leanne Rhyme Cibrian. And then we're and the talking about, yeah, we're talking about like really good stuff. And I'm like, oh shit, I really should have recorded that five minutes ago. But okay. um, we can edit it later where we want to start. But um, okay. yeah, I think that's it for me. So that's like my one or two disclaimers. And then, of course, if I ask a question that you don't want to answer, you can always just dodge it or you can say, I don't want to answer that. Like, I respect boundaries on this podcast. On this podcast, we honor the divine feminine, all those things. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. It's Um, so funny because doing doing interviews, I mean, I've done interviews since I was a child. And it's so interesting now to do some of just interviews in a different space. Mm-hmm. Because it is so, I do feel like my boundaries are honored where in the past, like people just dig yeah. and there's no honoring a boundary, like whatsoever. They'll ask the question in like three different ways to try to get you like tripped up. So it's kind of funny. I, I do appreciate it. And it's kind of like, I get to take a deep breath and actually enjoy the interview. Yeah. So fine. <laughs> and like, and ironically, perhaps share a little bit more than you would before because you're feeling comfortable and safe right. and held. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's a weird situation because like a lot of those people, like their job is to like get the the clickbait headline, right? Where you mm-hmm. admit some secret or you make a mistake in terms of how you phrase or word something, right? And then it's like a gotcha totally. moment. It's interesting. I was um I was watching Monica Lewinsky's TED Talk on shame the other day, mm-hmm. and she had uh, she said something about shame being a business, and I found that so fascinating. It was like my mind blew open because I've known this. I know it. I've, it's, I've been a part of that business and drug into it. But it was so interesting to just hear it phrased that way because I went, whoa, it so is. And then you start mm-hmm. to look at the way media and everything is formed these days. And we are just addicted to people messing up and then exploiting it. Mm. And it's sad. <laughs> It's so sad. But then on the other side of that, right, is like, we love a good comeback story. True. Which is not to to say that it's not okay the way that we tear people down, right? And and a lot of the stuff that comes up is potentially, you know, a decade ago, 20 years ago. And it's like an old yearbook photo when the cultural and social norms were very different. Mm-hmm. And it's well, and that's something that's been coming up for me a lot lately. Like if I personally, like if I don't let go of these old stories about these people in my life, um, whether it be parents or um, just anyone I've had um, been hanging on to something with, uh, if I don't let those go, then how do I energetically and physically all the things like actually move forward in life? And I think that as a collective, we're we're struggling with that also. Like if we don't let go of these stories around people uh, in different times and in, in, uh, in 
history not that we have to forget them in any way but like mm. start to energetically kind of uh make some space there then we don't really move on mm. um i guess that for me has been really something that's been coming up big time it's like i really need to start and I have, I've done a lot of work around that, but there's some places where you can st still see that you're stuck. It's like, okay, if I don't let my dad out of that story loop, then nothing's ever going to shift, you know, that kind of thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I work with a lot of clients and one of the things that I try to reinforce that when I do say it, I'm reinforcing it to myself, which is basically what coaching is, right. is that <laughs> <laughs> I have this like inner dialogue that's like, you know, that's for you, right? Gah. But so, so this idea that forgiveness does not mean approval, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you, when you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean that you approve of how they behave. It doesn't mean you, it's okay how they treated you, et cetera. It's like, no, you can disapprove, but also forgive because mistakes were made or honoring that they were doing the best they could so that mm -hmm. you can move forward. Like it's for, it's for the person doing the forgiving, you know? Totally. Absolutely. And I found that big time in my life of, um, of having to wrap my mind around that. Um, my heart has been wrapped around that uh, a lot quicker than the mind. <laughs> um, I know that my heart wants to forgive, but the mind still is, thinks it's holding on to something for protection. Mm. And uh, I've really had to, I've really had to set that free um, in so many ways of realizing that that's no longer serving me as protection. Uh, never really was any, in the first place, but uh, it's time. It takes time. It really does. For me, it has. It's taken um, little by little kind of allowing myself to not feel like um, I have to protect myself so hard and have those walls up. Mm. And so how do you do that? Like what's your, what's your, you know, Leanne's sixth, tips and tricks to <laughs> radical forgiveness. Uh, well, I'm still learning those. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things is understanding that we are all doing our best at that mm. point in life. And I've, I've had to do this a lot with my parents. I think that's where I've, I've learned this the most and the deepest. Um, and I go back and forth, which is interesting because I can feel like I've really forgiven um, or moved on. And then I've I kind of slide back into finding that there's another layer there that I have yet to um, have let yet to let go of um, or free up um, that space. So it's this back and forth dance, and I think the more comfortable we get with that dance, without judging ourselves in the dance, the uh, more I guess the more comfortable we we get with with forgiveness um, because I I think. I, I thought at the beginning of it, when I started to forgive that it was just this one time thing. Yeah. It's like, and, okay, I'm yeah, done now. Yeah, I'm done. Now <laughs> I can move forward. Yeah. And it's totally not. It's, it's definitely a dance of back and forth and, and all of those mm -hmm. layers that are deep in there. Um, and I think that, that, that was my first step in just understanding like a lot of this is passed down um, you know, most, uh, most, all of it is passed down. Um, and sometimes people aren't in the awareness of having a choice around these, the way that they have treated you or the way that they've re uh, reacted and just really granting that grace. And I think mm. when you start granting it to yourself is when you can start granting it to others. And that's been a big one for me is, taking a deep breath and granting myself grace, like on a minute by minute level. What does that, what does that look it's like hard. to you? Like, what does that, what does it mean to grant yourself grace? And I, and just side note, yes. I love that phrase, like grant yourself grace. It's like grant yourself it's, permission or forgiveness or acceptance. Or... All the things, <laughs> depending <laughs> on the moment. Um, for me, that's usually just like taking a really deep breath, especially when I screw up and, and taking a deep breath and saying, I love you. Like, I love you is sometimes I don't mean it. Sometimes I can't really feel that I mean that, but mm. it's the beginning of coming back to my own heart and maybe granting myself grace that where my parents weren't able to do that or in a world where I've grown up in front of millions of eyes, those eyes weren't able to do that. Like, mm. um, it's really giving myself that, 
love and tenderness that no one, I don't feel like anyone was able to give me at two, they were to an extent, but the places that I wasn't given that as a child to come back to that and give that to myself. Mm. And that's been, um, that's also been a, you know, the, the critic in my head, um, recognizing it, recognizing how much I beat the shit out of myself um, <laughs> and laughing about that at the same time. And then quieting that piece to coming mm. back to my body and my heart and saying, okay, I love you. And eventually believing that. Yeah. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm, I got nothing to add. I'm just really enjoying <laughs> this <laughs> TED Talks from you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but you did, you reminded me of something. So you reminded me of two things. First thing was this line by one of my favorite writers named Tom Robbins. And it is, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Yeah, which that's I just, so true. I just love that line. And then the second thing was you mentioned growing up in front of millions of eyes. And I realized I haven't actually introduced you like I normally do to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> and someone might be like, I don't under is she exaggerating? But no, it's like yeah. a legitimate fact. So uh, how, what, how do you say your last name? Or do you want to? Rhymes. Okay. Rhymes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, your... As in, I'm a, I rhyme, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, know, I know that one, Leanne. Oh, I, Sabrian. <laughs> Cyprian is my married name, yes. Okay, so are you okay going by Leanne Rhymes or do you prefer Leanne Cyprian? I usually go by Leanne Rhymes professionally, but um, I did a podcast the other day with Ashley Wood, who I adore, and she called me Leanne Rhymes Cyprian. And I actually started crying after that. I'm going to start crying now. Um, Because when I heard it, I was like, wow, I've never been called that like out in the world professionally and it felt really sweet so mm. i don't i kind of been open but that was it just felt really sweet and tender well leanne rhymes sibrian there you welcome go. <laughs> welcome to the podcast thank you <laughs> and uh so for those who are listening who don't know you or have never heard of you how do you describe yourself like what's your deal Wow, um, my deal. I, 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 I'm a singer. I'm an entertainer. I, um, I started out when I was 13 professionally. Um, I signed my record deal when I was 11. I've, yeah, I've done this my whole life. Basically, I started out as a fetus, and I haven't stopped. And <laughs> um, I, and I act too. I mean, I write. I do a bunch of different things. It's just, uh, I'm a creator, I guess. Yeah. And just to fill in a few blanks there, you, (laughs) (laughs) well, first of all, one thing I was really impressed by, you've written four books I read on the internet. Yes, on the interweb. Um, I have, I have uh, written and co-written a children's book, which was really fun. I don't have, I I have two stepsons I've never had. And at that time, I did not have kids of my own. Um, Hmm. But I think that was a bit of a a healing journey for me on, on what I was writing about dealing with, um, my psoriasis and different things uh and my journey of my own childhood so uh those books were really healing definitely um but now I have two stepsons that are 16 and 16 and a half and 12 and a half so um they're a blast what's it like to be a stepmom so I have a stepmom and a stepdad and I'm intrigued by your your uh experience I have a stepmom and stepdad as well who I'm um fairly close to both of them uh, and very great people. I'm very lucky. Uh, I, it's been, oh God, how, what do I, how do I, it's been a challenge and it's been a beautiful challenge. It's been, I think the biggest piece of the challenge has been all of the adults, not the children. <laughs> Which the children seem to be super cool. Um, but all of the adults in that dance, um, I think we've, you know, Eddie and I have been married for almost nine years now. And it's, um, it's been, I think we're at a place now where everything's kind of chill and calm and we've all learned how to like be respectful of each other. Um, I mean, if there's anything that will teach you about relationship in life, it would be that huge, huge teacher for me on so many levels. And then the kids too. I mean, they were two and six when I was first around them and, Hmm. And they have been, I'm very lucky. They're incredibly respectful 
and uh, as they've gotten older, um, I think our relationship now is very much uh, somewhat parent, but I'm I'm gaining like two really cool little friends, which is awesome. Yeah, it's kind of surreal, right? As you and, and like. I'm curious about your experience with this too, where you, you kind of grow up and then you get to a certain age and you realize that your parents were just these kind of flawed humans doing the best that they can and that they don't actually know everything and that they make right. mistakes and they're kind of just figuring it out as they go. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very much so. And then you realize that you're one of them. <laughs> That's even more traumatic. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, you're one of them, and also you're one of those. You're one of those parents then that's just trying to figure it out as you go. Totally. So you know, and you, I think that's probably where my forgiveness really started was having the kids around and realizing, mm. wow, like I understood my parents for the first time as parents. Um. So yeah, the, all of these relationships, whether it be um, their mother or my husband or them, you know, as children, like it's each piece has taught me so much. And there are moments where I would, I <laughs> want to like, you know, like to scream. And then there's moments where I feel so, you know, there's the blessing of it all. I think it's just a, it's a mixed pot of emotions. And I, at the same time, I'm I'm glad it's all there because I wouldn't change it because it has, it's turned me into a completely different person. Hmm. Yeah. And, and you, it's been about 10 years or so. Yeah, almost. Yeah. We've been it. around each other. Yeah. Like 10 years. So. Yeah. It, it was, so we're talking now it's, it's early January. It's a new decade. Did you do the mm-hmm. thing where you like look back 10 years ago and, and look at who you were and what your life was like? And yes, trip I did. I did trip out and, uh, I actually wrote about it on my blog because um, I it's no laughing matter at the same time. I can look back now and go, whoa, what? Um, so my husband and I um, got together through an affair and um, it was, that was when it happened was 10 years ago. And now to be in a really healthy marriage with um, and have a wonderful life um, through all of that has there's never been two more defining signposts of a decade than that. And it was (laughs) when I sat back, I was like, Whoa, that is, that's trippy. And all the things that happened in those 10 years to Mm. bring me to where I am now is, uh, it's been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. That word to me is always like a red flag of like, okay. Interesting. No, no, it's been, it's, well, that's the thing. Like, it's been so twisty and turning and like all the things and so yeah. much happiness and then like so much despair and so much confusion and so much letting go and like, mm. you know, of who I thought I was and who I had to be for other people, like all of those things. That's what I mean by interesting. Cause it's like, there's so much there. Have you, that uh, it, yeah, it's a lot. I- I know you've written a few books. Admittedly, I'm very ignorant about them. But have you written something like a memoir or a personal development e-book? I have not yet, but it is something in my peripheral at the moment where I'm like, okay, maybe. It's marinating? It's marinating for sure. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of power in there. And obviously, you've lived a very unique experience from Mm your teenage years till now and it sounds like you've kind of over the last decade had a crash course in (laughs) real life in the public eye as well which Mm -hmm. I mean can you talk a little bit like what is it like to be a famous celebrity who has their mistakes talked about by millions of people on tv and on magazine covers and all that shit like I go to the supermarket Leanne I'm sorry I'm (laughs) ranting right now and I'm like I see these like magazine covers about divorce and betrayal and child fighting. And it like, it makes me so sad to think that, you know, those are people too who are dealing with some really heavy shit. I can't imagine going to the market and seeing my face on the cover talking about my, my trauma (laughs) that's ongoing, you know? Right. Well, and that's so interesting because it, there's this narrative around you that's not even has nothing to do with you actually. Like half, the shit that's out there about me I read and I'm like that did that happen that did not happen uh, you kind of question like wait no that didn't happen um yeah. but they just make up whatever and 
to sell a magazine. And it's really weird to be honest. And you know, when I really didn't have a life outside of Leanne Rhymes, the entity, um, mm. until it all kind of really started falling away. And I honestly know that I lit that match. Like I, I subcon- like subconsciously, I just knew like I needed to burn stuff down. Yeah. Um, it's like and, subconsciously, you're like, mm, I can't continue living with these masks and these in yeah. this bubble. And I just, I'm going to make interesting decisions that just <laughs> burns it all down and start, start again. Yes. And I did. And, um, and it was the best thing that I could have ever done because I would have been living still in behind a mask and, I do still, you know, it's so weird to have, to be this entity out in the world. Um, and then to know yourself uh, as something different also. Um, and I've, these last 10 years have been, my life has been about trying to really merge those two pieces. So I didn't feel so split. And when I had to go through all of these things so publicly, it really had to, there was so much of myself that really had to die or that the belief that I, that was who I was. Um, and I started to discover all of these other pieces of me that hadn't been fed. Um, like there's no breath that had been breathed into these places in me. And, uh, that was painful. That was really, really painful. Um, but there's, and I'm still finding them. And it's still a dance of, you know, how to, how to protect myself, how to have boundaries in the world, how to be open because now more than ever, like we were talking about earlier, just in, even in interviews, I want to expand. I want to give, I want to have my heart open and not close. And how do I remain open that way? Because that is, I believe that this is part of major part of my gift is my heart. And so how do I keep that open and be out in the world amongst all of these things we were talking about that can be so brutal and, uh, and, and be me and be that gift that I want to be. It's really, it's a challenge and I'm still daily. Like I, it's a daily dance and it's something that I, um, I'm still kind of trying to figure out. Yeah. And it's so common and so normal i imagine there's lots of people kind of nodding as they're listening to this right in the future which is weird as well anyway (laughs) um but it it goes back to you know we grow up with these ideas and these stories of what we should be and who we should be and how we should act and it eventually at some stage hopefully there's this reckoning where you start to question things and you start to become aware of these little whispers that are coming from your heart that are like disagreeing somewhat with the life you're living. And then it's like, okay, what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like you're experiencing that, but just such a unique place whereby people are watching you process (laughs) step by step by step, you know, in a really public eye. I can't, I can't quite fathom the bravery and kind of roller coaster ride that that must've been on. Oh, it's, it's definitely still a roller coaster ride, but I, I've found where I used to feel like I needed to hold back for that, uh, to, to be, to protect myself. I now find that like diving into the deep end of vulnerability, um, even when it sucks, like even before this interview, I was, I feel like I'm always (laughs) with these interviews. I feel like I'm doing therapy and everyone's listening, um, which is (laughs) basically what it is. But, um, but there is a bit of this, like this nervous energy. Cause I'm, I know how exposed, I know I'm an open book now and I know that I want to be that way in order to help other people too. And to liberate myself because I mean, there's been so much that I felt like I've mm. had to hold so close to my chest. And every time I get done with, you know, an interview like this, I'm like, Oh, I felt so good. And also I have like this vulnerability hangover for like 24 Mm. hours um so it's it is i'm still i'm still learning how to be in this space and and i also feel like some of the time i feel like i'm i don't belong in that space anymore of like celebrity like you know that and i don't think of myself as that sometimes that can be a worth 
thing too, which I think is also really interesting that I want people to hear because I think no, no matter how much success you have, like sometimes there still can be these like worth issues that creep up. It doesn't go away, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Um, and so sometimes that's a worth issue for me, but a lot of the time it's just like energetically, I feel like I'm somewhere different now. Um, so it's, I'm, but I'm still playing in that world. So it's just like this, trying to find my own space and make it, make it my own to be able to kind of slide in and slide out whenever I want and all of those good things. So yeah, it's, um, that, that vulnerability piece though, I, I find, I found is actually almost, it's a sense of protection, but at the same time, it's also this beautiful freedom where when you own yourself, no one can have anything over you. And I'm starting to own like all of the things and take pieces of me back that I felt like other people kind of drug through the mud or had to, to um, discuss at their leisure and, uh, you know, kind of tear apart. And it's, it's really beautiful and it feels so good to take those pieces back. Mm. Yeah. It's this idea that, authentic and transparent wholeness is a superpower it is though (laughs) yeah it really is and when you were describing that the word that comes to mind for me is just power is like when you own your shit when you say yeah you know uh i met my husband through an affair like what are you gonna do about it i'm as happy as i've ever been you know it's like you take the power back and people are like oh but that was bad and you're like yeah maybe but like i'm really happy so fuck it like I forgive myself. It was part of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's part of my life. It's part of my story. Um, And I've worked through a lot of forgiveness for myself. And you know what? And honestly, talking about it and and owning it is a huge piece of the forgiveness puzzle for me. Because there is, of course, shame around that. And I'm very publicly shamed around that. And to come back from that, I mean, I think that that's definitely what, spiraled me into um so much anxiety and depression and Mm. after my 30th birthday checked into a treatment center um for that uh and coming out of that shame spiral is um well first of all that shame spiral can be really deafening and it feels like you're underwater with like no air and no one's coming to save you (laughs) so i think you know now it's um coming out of that spiral has been, uh, it's been a long process and it's still, I'm still learning, um, and still coming out of it, but it's, I feel, Mm. I feel like I can breathe finally. (laughs) Yeah. I said to a buddy of mine the other day, a couple months ago, he messaged me about feeling like he was drowning. And I was like, bro, that is just another word for swimming. Like if you're treading water, (laughs) like if you're treading water, you're swimming. Like if your head is above the water, you are swimming like we gotta reframe this shit like you're surviving like Like, surviving is progress right like you're doing it it's okay like just take a breath survive this moment survive this day like it gets better you just saying that made me go yes it does (laughs) it really does like and and yeah like we all have our own unique life and unique lived experiences and like not all of us are on magazine covers but as you suggest like we all have stories, we all have shame spirals, we all are just perpetually evolving to the next level of whatever it is we try to try to get at. Like we're all different than we were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Shit happens, we learn from things, we get better. This is it. Like to me, the, like when we accept and embrace that, that idea that life is just this wild fucking roller coaster of whimsy <laughs> and crazy town, then it's like, well, it's a little bit easier to reflect and realize that yes. you've made some mistakes, you know? Yes, absolutely. And the, how great it feels to be able to say I've learned from those and I'm on a completely mm. other side of it and, mm. and look back and go, wow, I actually see when you see the whole puzzle, like start to fit together of like, why, you know, like why, why that happened and how, and like, why, where I was at that time in my life and what I was needing and like all the different things. Mm. Um, and I've said this and I, 
some people like go, huh? But it's true. Like I didn't have the tools to, to do it perfectly at that moment in time. And what is perfect anyway? <laughs> but, but I didn't, I didn't have the tools to do anything different than I did. And um, once again, we go back to like granting that to our parents and other people. And when you, mm. like I said, when I really understood that for myself about myself, it opened up a world for me for others of like they didn't have the tools at that moment in time either. Mm. And it's such a big insight to just embody, right? Like I, I have understood that when I heard that the first time and I was like, yeah, whatever. But like, <laughs> but you, you should do better. Like, yeah, but you just, you didn't. And so if we accept that you did the best you could, then that's the end of the discussion. Yeah, but no, I should have. Yeah. Well, it's very easy to look. And, and the analogy I use is, uh, is like, we don't look back at ourselves when we were toddlers right? And be like, man, you used to poop your pants and you used to fall down a lot. And like, you used to, you know, draw on the walls and stuff of like, of course we don't, because right. that's crazy to do that. But then if we give ourselves another decade or two, we do the same thing, even though we, we literally didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very true. But Leanne, you reference checking yourself into a facility and I feel like that is an open door that I must thrust this conversation <laughs> into. Yes, go ahead. So you, uh, you were in a shame spiral. You were living a life of uh, lots of masks and lots of question marks. And then it all hit the fan. I'm summarizing here very briefly, of course. Yes. Uh, it all hit the fan and then you're like, okay, you have your like rock bottom moment where you're like, okay, I got to get some help. I got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. What, uh, what was that for you? That was, uh, well, on top of all of that, I had, um, it's a very long story. So I'm just kind of like abbreviate. I've basically gone through 35 dental surgeries and about eight years and all of them I was put under for, um, Dental, so like one, on your teeth? Dental, yes. Dental work. Like it's, yeah, I um, had a dentist that kind of jacked my mouth. And um, from that, I've had to have like bone shaved down and like root canals and like the whole deal. I had five root canals while I was in actual like treatment, um, which they thought I was, I think they thought I was like joking about it to try to get like meds. I'm like, no, dude. Like, and then they were, they're apologizing. They're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. um yeah so it's a long story but i i did i had a lot of um a lot of dental work a lot of being put under and i think on top of just you know everything i was going through the pain and the mental like being put under that many times like kind of what it does to your body and your brain it was right before my 30th birthday and i was just i was just in a lot of pain it was physical it was mental it was emotional spiritual and I, I, my, my friends, my husband, um, I have a dear friend who is a, uh, a, oh my God, what is he? He's a interventionist. Thank you. I can't think the word. Um, and he, he's one of my dearest, dearest friends, um, like a parent to me. And they all kind of sat me down and was like, you know, we think that it would be really beneficial for you to go in and try to see if you can just take a breath. Um, I'd never been alone, by the way. I, this was right. This was at my the day after my thirtieth birthday. I checked myself in. I had never been by myself, like alone. There was always mm. my parents, or a manager, an agent, or a band and crew, or my husband, my ex husband. And so, I remember, obviously, I mean, wanting to, but also like terrified of going in. Mm. And when everyone left me, and I was there in the room by myself, it was like the walls closed in and uh, that was the beginning of a great relationship with myself. <laughs> good. Um, good reframe. Was. I, was, I was thinking like, that's the come to God moment where you're like, Oh, oh shit, this is real. This is really yeah. happening. It was, but it was, it was the beginning of freedom. Um, mm. And that, that choice that we make for ourselves and those, that really dark moment is, probably one of the scariest things that we'll ever do um and if we have just enough just the smallest inkling of bravery enough to be able to do that um you'll get met on the other side of it mm. and that's 
I think that's was my fear. It's like, if I dive into this pain, I'm going to feel it forever. If I, you know, if I really start discovering what's underneath all of this, um, I'll never come out of it and I won't be met. And all it takes is like just reaching out a finger and like, and to me it was like, okay, I, I got all the things that I was fearful of. Yes, we're there. And at the same time I was held on so many levels by the people around me, by the people that were working with me um, spiritually. And I think at that time, I didn't even know what that was. Um, it was just the beginning of me kind of expanding into that world and knowing how connected I've actually been my whole life. But when you close your heart off, you kind of, for me, when I closed that piece of me, I closed my connection to what supported me. And so reopening that piece and just going, oh, wow, it can be, it can be easier. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's such a powerful question, right? Like, what if it was easier? And, yeah. And the way I kind of, the, the image that came up to me, oddly, when you were describing that was like the Wizard of Oz, when she has that <laughs> moment and she kind of like brings the cape, the curtain yes. and looks behind the corner and it's like, oh, like that little dude's the wizard. Like that's, right. that's the guy I've been terrified of for so long. And it's kind of like that when you start to dive into your pain, at least in my own experiences, the story about confronting the wizard of confronting the fear of going to that place is so much more powerful and scary and overwhelming than the reality of actually doing it. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, very much so. Like, because once you do it, you're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> it's the fear it's the story of the fear around mm. around it before you walk into it i mean i've realized that like any any time i do something new or try to learn something new it's it's always the fear around the thing before i do it and once i do it i'm like oh it wasn't so bad <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah it's definitely the story before beforehand than actually doing the thing yeah and, and just to highlight a tangent from a few minutes ago, you said the beginning of freedom. And I just want to say that's a really good memoir title. Just saying. If, ah, that if is know, good. If you, know anybody, that. if you know anybody that is marinating about writing a memoir one day, <laughs> that's a cool line. That is a cool line. I like that a lot. And so, so you're in this room. You're facing your fears for the first time. You're alone for the first time. And then like, how long were you in there? Or, or what did you... Like, what was your process for epiphanies or what did the progress look like for you? I, I feel like that was a break from my life. And honestly, um, it was a time for me to start, start talking about all the things that were underneath. Um, it was also very frustrating because I was in a lot of pain and, and several dental surgeries while in there. And when I came out, I think it was still kind of, I was in there for 28 days. And which was interesting, I had a couple of shows in like on the weekends. And so I would literally go out, do a show and come back and um, which is kind of unheard of, but it was interesting to perform that raw. I mean, I cried on stage. Like it was, it was real. They got their but money's people, worth, eh? They got their money's <laughs> worth. Yeah, they did not know what they were coming to see. Um, but it was so vulnerable. And what's been really beautiful is my shows are like that to this day even more so like I'm so open when I walk on stage um so it's that I think was kind of the beginning of that to be able to let myself be that vulnerable and to know that's mm. part of my art um part of what I'm here to give but uh I yeah after I came out I think it took me about a year and a half um to two years of like kind of still trying to find my footing struggling still um and I ended up uh, on Instagram, finding this incredible human, Ashley Neese, who's this fantastic breathwork teacher. And she is really what started me into deep diving into myself and getting past like just the, just getting, getting into my body and getting out of my head. Um, mm -hmm. and really just like not, uh, it wasn't always about just the talking, you know, like regular kind of therapy, it became like my own experience with myself. And the breath work is really what, you know, a year and a half to two years later, what kind of started my whole process of really deep diving. And for those who don't know what breath work is, do you mind yeah. sharing a bit more? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, she actually taught me, um, breath work can be many different uh, patterns of breath, but she taught me this three, um, 
three pattern uh, breath uh, sequence where it's basically like a lot of deep belly breathing, a lot of deep chest breathing, um, belly chest uh, expansion. It's really for me, breathwork is about creating space in the body mm. um, through breath. Um, like literally, if you're listening, like literally you're like, just breathing. There's no drugs. Yeah. <laughs> there's no ayahuasca no. in the mountains. No. It's like you lay down. It will down get you high though. <laughs> it will blow your fucking brains apart sometimes. Oh my God. I've had like the most incredible, like come to Jesus moments, like with breath work where my whole body is vibrating. And that's really what it is. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like opening up all of your cells. Um, and this transfer, it's a transformational tool i feel um but yeah so i started doing that and a lot of our our sessions um when, when i would breathe a lot of things would come to me like and i would start just speaking them out of of you know um it, it was kind of like it felt like it opened up a channel for lots of things to come through up and out and into me um mm. so yeah i would just start kind of i would have all of these self-discoveries like while i was breathing um it is, if there's one thing I highly recommend anyone diving into, it would be it. And yeah. then, then from there, like, it'll take you a million different places. It's really fun. Yeah. So, so I just finished that retreat that I was telling you about. And mm -hmm. um, my friend Leela taught a breathwork class. Um, we had 26 people. And then my buddy Traver and I facilitated it, like held space as the, uh, right. as the eruptions, uh, evidence themselves as the uh, as the emotions arose and it is such a fascinating practice truly and um i do i say that just because i want to second your point if someone is listening and you've never done a breathwork session you can just jump on the google go down to your local get onto your yoga studio or whatever and uh don't research it just kind of show up you know dive in and and i, I think for me it's about surrender, right? Of like letting yourself oh, yeah. kind of feel those feelings and go to those places and then just surrender to whatever your body decides to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, you know, really, there's so many places I, from my experience, there was so much locked in my body. Mm -hmm. um, and when you start to create space for these things to like really bubble up from like the center of your being, um, like, I mean, all the things start happening, emotions, like pain in the body. Like, I mean, I know it's, that's probably not inviting for a lot of people, like, calm yeah. down, do some breath work. But it's, <laughs> but it's so great because it's when you're done on the other side of it, you're, you really have let go of, of something. Mm. It's, it's such a powerful practice, especially when you continue to practice it, you know, um, on a regular basis, like what mm. actually changes within within and on the outside too. Cause like, you know, as we know, when we make those changes within life starts to shift. I mean, I started to find joy again. Um, I was able to, it helped me so much with my anxiety um, and depression. Like that was as for as much as I, I think the, the treatment definitely started something. Um, this was really the beginning of, of, of something bigger for me. Yeah. So just to clarify, uh, you said anxiety and depression, you were experiencing those prior to checking yourself into the center. Yes. Yes. So that was part of like the mix of the muck that you were going through yeah. the pain and the, all of it. Yeah. And then since then you were in treatment, you've discovered breath work. I know now you're many years along on that mm -hmm. journey, but there's, what's your experience like today with anxiety and depression? Is it transformed? Um, Is it still present? It is, um, depression is not, uh, very often. Um, I get, I definitely am incredibly empathic and get very sad sometimes. I mean, I, I had a total breakdown about what's happening in Australia the other day. Um, my husband's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not like literally like dying. Mm. Um, and so there's sadness that rises. And then I've also learned like, that's okay. Like it's okay to also be sad for other people. And it's okay. Like, I think, so much of that um i've tried to push away because it is so painful and i haven't learning how to hold my own pain um has been done wonders for being able to hold others when it's safe to um and it was amazing the other day because i actually have never i don't think i've really ever done that before where i just let myself like full-on go into something like that with 
true sadness for some someone else and other people mm. um and where it felt it felt good it felt like it felt needed um and so that's been the new kind of discovery for myself which has been really interesting um but the there's the sadness that's there and arises on sometimes a daily basis but it's no i don't get lost in it um i feel it and i move through it uh and i realize it's normal um and then the anxiety is definitely there. The anxiety is super fun. <laughs> um, and it's great. But it's also, we were talking about um, Nicole. Because yeah. um, she's incredible. And she, um, that's the piece that I'm learning is the anxiety is, you know, really locked in, it's locked in the body. And even though I've done so much work um, to, on myself uh, and have made this, some some incredible space in my body there's a lot still locked in there and so uh it it pops up often and it's a, there's a lot of being with it breathing breathing with it telling myself that this too shall pass um mm -hmm. it's really i mean learning to be with those emotions that's the biggest piece without pushing them away and mm. and um and at some point getting to the place where you know there's love for those emotions they you know that they're serving you or they have served you um in the past and it's okay to let go um so yeah there's a lot of depending on where i'm at <laughs> my anxiety like sometimes it's like overtakes me and then suddenly i've learned um more and more how to not get there or I let it escalate to that mm. point but it, it's definitely it's definitely there so do you have a, a practice for giving yourself time and space to feel things or what is, what is your process when you notice things coming up? Um, so, well, I mean, I do every day have a practice of allowing myself to be alone and meditate. And, um, I used to be mm -hmm. very regimented, uh, about it. And now I'm much more in kind of the feminine flow of it, of sitting down <laughs> and going, what do I need? And, you know what what would be nourishing to me right now like today actually um because receiving is a huge piece for me that i've i'm not um i'm not well versed in <laughs> yet um you're, you're you're getting better at i'm getting i'm getting better at for sure um but that was what i needed today like i literally sat and breathed into the back of my heart and allowed myself to receive and um it felt so nourishing and i think um that's kind of my I feel like a word that's popping up for me this year is nourishment and how do I allow for that nourishment mm. um, to come in? So that's like, that happened. That was my thing today. And it's, it's about, you know, it, I give myself usually like an hour. I try as much as I can to give myself an hour to just be, breathe, mm. meditate, like just journal. Are you sometimes, a journaler? So, I do journal. I write a lot for my blog. Um, and so I what's your that, what's your blog though you have to plug your blog yes <laughs> my blog um, my blog is called soul of everly um e-v-e-r-l-e and uh i uh i started it a couple of years ago just to have a space to talk about like all of these new things that i was learning about and share and it's become something i've really fallen in love with doing and so yeah i write a lot for that and um and like, I, yes, as I learn, I share, I'm like, Ooh, this is so cool. I want people to know about this. And it's, it's fun. Cause I think some of my fans like have been introduced to all of this fun stuff through me and so cool to see people expand and grow and try new mm. things with you. And, you know, people who've listened to my music forever are now like following me into this new space of like learning together. So I love it. It's so much yeah. fun. So, um, but yeah, it's, I, I have to take time out for myself on a daily basis, or I think that anxiety really starts mm. to flood in. Um, I just, I've committed that to myself and uh, my life has changed way for, you know, for the better for that. Yeah. It's like that ounce of prevention is a pound of cure or whatever. So an <laughs> hour, an hour might sound like a lot, but you know, if you don't do that and it lets on indefinitely, suddenly you're in a, a treatment center and your whole life right. is falling apart. Like how many hours <laughs> totally. does that take to, to repair? Right. Totally. And I, you know, if, if I'm really busy and have 10 minutes, like it's 10 minutes, but mm. you know, when I'm, when I'm have my downtime and I, 
um, I'm at home, like I try to really be a little gentler mm. and kinder to myself and allow for that space. Mm. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I'm often forgetful. And I mentioned I'm very good at tangents before we started recording <laughs> and uh, often distracted. So I actually, I have my phone and I set alarms in my phone. And so at 3.33, for example, my alarm goes off and it says, take three deep breaths. Like it nudges me oh, to literally breathe. Yeah. I just feel like uh, the world would be so much better if everybody just stopped at the same time and took three deep breaths and then like got back to living, you know, and then that would be awesome. <laughs> right? It's so simple. And then the other one, I, I've got a couple, but one other one that's relevant here is at 5.55, it goes off and it says, feel five heartbeats. And so I like take my pulse on my wrist or on my neck and I just check in with my heart and kind of remind myself that there's this thing in my chest that's always working and pumping liquid through microscopic tunnels <laughs> under my skin. It's like the craziest little check-in that we're all living, breathing miracles. And so I find those two things as like a way to nudge myself out of what oftentimes is a very stressful moment where I'm in the middle of something mm -hmm. and I'm like, ah, I don't have time for three deep breaths. This is bullshit. You know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is why you're doing it, man. Like <laughs> take the breath. Yes. What is that yeah. they say when you like, when you don't think you have time to sit, like sit longer in meditation, like that's yeah. it's like really sit down and, and meditate. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing too. Like we talk about the heart and, but it's also the breath piece is also so amazing to me. Like mm. it's so simple. Mm -hmm. like when I stumbled upon that, just learning how to use a, your breath and actually just even taking full deep breaths, like just sitting and taking five full deep breaths, 10 full deep breaths will yeah. literally change you. And just the simplicity <laughs> of that, I think we so want to complicate everything. <laughs> totally. And, you know, when people ask me, like, how do you meditate and all these kind of things, it's obviously there's you have to get really comfortable with what comes up, which is the most, you know, I think the, the, the most difficult part of that is of meditation. Um, but honestly now, like my meditation practice is sitting and breathing and just yeah. being like, there's no, it's, there's no complication to it at all. Yeah. And sometimes that can be really difficult to just sit down and breathe. <laughs> oh, it's the worst sometimes. You're like, yes. I am a lunatic. I'm a raving yeah. lunatic in my brain. Totally. Your brain, yeah. I mean, it can go 90 miles an hour. And it's so interesting when you can finally disconnect from it and start watching it. Whoa. Yeah. There's that's all the, that going on. That's the magic though, right? Is yeah. having those insights and realizing that, oh, these are just things that are happening in my head. Like mm. they're not even necessarily true. That's so weird. You start to get curious. Yeah. So yeah, if you're listening, uh, Leanne and I have decided the top secret trick to a fulfilling life is breathe. Try breathe. breathe. Just breathe. <laughs> I feel like it's like an SNL spoof of like breathe, <laughs> like you know the new drug. Uh, totally, it is though. It's so funny. I mean, it's right at our fingertips, and mm -hmm. we all are sitting here holding it or taking shallow breaths. And yeah. um, I do. I have to remind myself constantly throughout the day, like mm -hmm. take a deep breath. Yeah, you know, I'll notice often my shoulders are like way mm -hmm. up. Um, the way I've heard meditation described, which I think is brilliant, is um, in relation to therapy. So they said uh, when you go to therapy, you pay somebody to listen to your thoughts. And in meditation, you just you do it for free. Like you're the therapist. Yeah. <laughs> you're just listening to your wildness. That is very true. Um, okay, so I'm conscious of your time that you have a revolution to begin and an empire to grow. And mm. you've got some... All I got a things. book to write. <laughs> yeah, you got a book. You have a memoir to write. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> um, so, what is there anything we haven't touched on? The psoriasis thing. We mm -hmm. we, we wanted to touch on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, psoriasis. Yeah, so psoriasis. Yes, I <laughs> uh, I was diagnosed when I was two, and by the time I was six, I was about eighty percent covered. Um, everything so, but my hands, feet, and face. Okay. So let's uh, unpack that a bit. So what covered, is <laughs> covered in glitter? Covered in, <laughs> yes, in glitter. I wish it was glitter. That would be amazing. It looks like a freaking unicorn. It's like um, itchy red I was, glitter. Yeah, itchy red glitter, itchy red. Um, <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that from here on out. Um, it was basically itchy red 
thick scaly patches like my skin would mm. would it's an autoimmune disease and my skin would basically um regenerate itself without sloughing off so it would end in these like really red scaly itchy thick patches of skin mm. um that would bleed and um yeah it's miserable <laughs> miserable um and over the years i've taken some pretty serious drugs um you know and I'm, i mean I've, i've been on stage with this like you know covering up with like three pair of pantyhose and like you know jeans and 110 degree weather and just i was so disconnected from my body i've been living in my head my whole life because it was so painful to be in my body that that has been part of my journey in these past seven years is coming back down like into my body um but mainly because of I think that was p- part of the big reason why I was always in my head is because it would just it was it hurt it hurt to be in my body. So I mm. um talk about taking back a narrative like for me finally coming out and talking about it and sharing my experience because there's so many people that go through it. Um it's been so healing to be able to to have actual verbiage and a conversation around that for me. Um and to have mm. people to know that you're helping other people and and I don't know there was just it's been something very healing about it. So yeah, so ever I guess my early 20s is when I finally started talking about it and and uh yeah, I went to uh I've been I marched on Capitol Hill about it and um uh and and done so many things with uh, the National Psoriasis uh, Foundation and uh yeah it's something that's been a part of my life still is a part of my life um i'm now off of any heavy drugs um accidentally because i was stretching out the time when i was taking my medication and uh, i'd realized i was four months out of taking my medication i went well okay so my body might be different now um and it is but i still break out in small spots and it's mm. manageable and so i i'm it's good i'm, I'm healing it's really healing to be off of things and not have to be dependent on things and i mean you know who knows where i'll be at some point in my life maybe i will have to eventually but right now i've mm. been able to kind of really manage it and i think one of the big things is managing my stress level and what i've found and this might be like totally placebo like me just dreaming this up but i have found when i meditate for like 40 to 45 minutes a day that my skin is pretty clear yeah. um So for me that's been a huge piece. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so I did this thing a while ago. I did a coaching program, you know, two years ago and part of it was committing to an hour of meditation every day. And at the time I was like all the totally in my head, right? I don't have time for that. That's ridiculous because my background is a scientist. I'm like this is absurd. There's no evidence for that. blah 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 blah. And so I did it and I felt really good. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of really powerful indirect effects in other areas of my life that I did not predict or see coming. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm converted. So that resonates with me at least, if nobody else. Yeah. yeah. And you're a lot nice. I feel like I'm a lot nicer to people oh. than myself. And to like, myself. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm so much nicer to myself. Yeah. yeah. Everything's super chill. Like, yeah, <laughs> like things slow down. Yeah, my voice gets up here. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Like, <laughs> yeah, everything slows down, which is nice because yeah. I feel like my life's been like 90 miles an hour and, and, uh, to have that peace still out, slow down. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Well, I look forward to attending your meditation retreat one day Thanks. and purchasing your memoir at that retreat. <laughs> Doing some breath breath work together. Yes, I'm really interested in learning to learning the whole breath work, teaching it, and I really want yeah. to uh, to learn. I, and it's funny because one of the things that I've been doing recently is um, I've been wanting to find new ways to uh, to support my communication. And so, like, I just took a frame drum lesson yesterday and learning to play like the frame drum. And now I want to like experiment with these other instruments random instruments like i don't i mm-hmm. I, i used to think i'd have to get so good at something um I have to be perfect and now it's like okay how do i get good enough to like help me with my communication how i want to mm-hmm. sing or how i want to speak or you know the the um the experiences i want to bring into the world and so this year for me is about playing and learning 
like um, how to play bowls and how to teach breath work and like all the things. Like, so yeah. I'm on that kind of journey at the moment of, of just expanding and, and learning to, to bring the things that are in my mind and in my heart out to the world. So it's quite uh, fun. I love that. And just chasing that curious mind, like that beginner's mind all the time. Mm-hmm. Instead of judging yourself, like, oh, drum is stupid. I'm not going to be a professional drummer. And what's the point of this? It's like, the point is, is that I want to do it and it feels fun. So I'm going to do it. Well, and that's the thing too, you know, when I've been a professional at something and really Hmm. proficient at something my whole life and to break out of that, because I've been, I'm so good at something and to, to, to break out of that and, and start to learn new things and, like my, the drum teacher, she was so wonderful. She's, I'm 10 minutes in. She's like, and I'm so frustrated. She's like, chill out. You're 10 minutes in. Like, <laughs> but in my mind, like I'm supposed to be perfect at this time. So yeah. it, it was such the, the lesson in itself yesterday was so, it was about the drum, but it was so much more about me recognizing, like mm-hmm. calm the fuck down the end yeah. for like one minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you've got time, um, right? Yeah. The other side of that, um, I love beginning new things because you notice your competency way more. You notice mm-hmm. the improvements way quicker than when you're at your level. Like oh, totally. for you to improve as a singer, it would take, you know, a lot versus you improving as a drummer. Probably, you know, right. an hour singing lesson might not teach you what a, <laughs> an hour drumming will teach you, you know? No, but it, it, for me, like as a singer now, it's about that communication piece of improving mm. my authenticity of communication um, mm. than improving my instrument. Uh, but in, within that, so interesting because I am so great at controlling my instrument and there's been within that uh, authenticity of communication piece, I've actually had to let go of some of that control and it's really... Mm. interesting what it does to the mind um and I'm still expanding into that I'm like how much control can I let go and still trust that it sounds good and people are getting it like without having it to be perfect um Mm. so yeah it's that's where the expansion is for me there and then like when I'm playing drum it's like just making a sound (laughs) yeah right and like so you're practicing it in a way you're practicing Mm -hmm. that surrender like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm doing something yep. uh, totally totally um well any final words of wisdom or insights before we i don't i don't know i think i think i'm tapped out are you <laughs> no i'm good though good. that was so fun um i so, greatly appreciate you having me on here it was really fun oh please leanne rhymes Cibrian. <laughs> come on the honor is mine no and well, so, I listen to the podcast all the time. So like when you asked, I was so excited because I'm, I love it. We should, I should very briefly tell that story. So I reached out to you on Instagram <laughs> thinking yes. there's no way that she's going to say yes to this or even see this message. But <laughs> nonetheless, I'm going to send it out into the ether. And you wrote back this very gracious and kind message saying, I love your podcast. I would be honored. And my brain melted out of my ears. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Um, and then, I, you know what I actually thought? I was like, oh, she has such a kind assistant to, to say oh, these no. <laughs> un, untruths to me. That's so lovely. Oh, that's um, so lovely. No, it's been, it's been sincerely, uh, it's been a real, a real treat. And uh, I just want to recognize your bravery and your vulnerability and the way that you are choosing to show up for yourself. Uh, Thank you. Perhaps more than ever before, it's inspiring yeah. as all hell. It's it's super encouraging, and uh, and I'm proud of you for what that is worth. Thanks. Like I'm super Thank proud you. of you, and and you're doing real good. Thanks, I appreciate it. And so, just to reaffirm, <laughs> so people can find your blog, Soul of Everly. Yes. I'll include that in yes. the show notes. Anything else yes. you want to plug? You sell candles now. I do sell candles. And that's what another is that? thing. I, so I, um, I love fragrance. I literally like a zillion candles in my house. This is honestly how I got into it. I was spending way too much money on freaking candles and I wanted to figure <laughs> out how to do it myself. And so I did. And now I feel like I'm really good at it. And now I'm mm-hmm. actually working with vibrational, like medicine frequency. I'm like in, injecting like voice and heart and stuff into it. Um, which is what I did with my last one. And now I'm working on a new one um, since it's come out. So it's so yeah. fun. Like I literally just 
it's about creating. So yeah. I love doing it. And so where can people find more of you? So more of me, honestly, soulofbeverly.com um, and also um, just, I mean, I'm, I'm around. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm working, working on a new record right now. Um, I'm, huh. I've been, yeah, I'm in the studio. Um, yeah, so I think I'm in the kind of that transition period right now of like creating and, and I'm mostly like on a day-to-day basis kind of like on my, on my blog and then in the studio. So yeah. I look forward to, to putting some stuff out in the world very soon. Awesome. Well, you're such a gem. Thank you for you. Thank you. Keep shining. And thank you. Uh, enjoy your uh, enjoy Costa Rica. I'm gonna do my absolute best. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Right? I uh, is she not the most amazing and adorable and humble and wise woman on the planet? That was. Whew, I just love that conversation so much. I learned a lot, and. Uh, I don't know. I don't even have anything else to say other than check her out on Instagram, read her blog, check out her books, buy her candles, just do all the things. Get in the world of Leanne Rhyme Cibrian. Uh, I've included links to all the stuff in the show notes. And as usual, I just wanted to thank you for being here, for leaving five-star reviews, for sharing this with your friends and family in real life and on the Instagram it's very meaningful for me. I do appreciate it. You can check me out online at Long Distance Love Bombs. I send a weekly newsletter out every Wednesday. It's Wednesday Winspiration. Get it? It's a writer's joke. It's kind of silly, right? Anyway, I adore you. I think you're great. I hope you keep living your dreams. I hope you keep going. And I hope you use Leanne's story as inspiration that no matter the trauma, no matter how it starts, you can always create a positive ending and you can always rewrite your story to become who you really want to be deep down so that said go and do it go and have some fun do some somersaults get some glitter and sprinkles and create a unicorn kind of life you know all right i love you